welcome to Whatever the Weather, another Arsenal podcast. I'm your producer, Graham. Listener, you join us on Wednesday, the 31st of January, following Arsenal's 2-1 away victory over Forest at the City Ground. Uh, and I'm joined by James and Dan. So let's go. Hello. How are we doing? Not too bad. Dan, how are you doing? Yes, mate. All good. All good. Leaves with the three points. Yeah, definitely. The trap game was successfully navigated. (laughs) Oh my god! I don't know if you watched it. Was that was incredibly frustrating? Um, You know, just put eight men in the box, just make us horseshoe around them, and just that's it. That's all that game was. I mean, yeah, patience was key, Um, and Arsenal showed a lot of that, especially in the first half. Um, breaking down a low block is always fun. Mm. Um, but yeah, second half, I think we stepped up a bit, got the two goals and, um, yeah, I, how we conceded, I, I don't know, but, uh, yeah, walk away to three points and, um, you can, yeah. uh, you can, you can speak to Ben White about how we conceded because he wasn't very pleased about that. Was he, um, so yeah, Zinchenko is how we how we concede. <laughs> um, I I disagree. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Zinchenko wasn't great. Don't get me wrong, but I think Saliba's the one at fault there massively. Um, he should be doing a lot better. I know Awanyi's a big lump and he causes any defender troubles, but I just thought it was really poor from Saliba to be honest. Um, Zinchenko. He has his defensive frailties, obviously. Um, I think the the dispute was about him holding the line. I think the other three held the line and Zinchenko didn't. And then if you don't hold the line, you should be winning your your duel. And he didn't do that either. So he did make a mistake there. But I thought Saliba in the middle there was, he just got barged and even but even the touch from a one you was ridiculously lucky right it was complete miscontrol that happened to fall into his path it's just one of those things really but um apart from not having a clean sheet i thought the performance was dominant we had so much of the ball and um yeah uh three points i wouldn't i wouldn't say we were at free flowing best but it's very hard to break down a low block uh we managed to do it eventually and um yeah, took the three points. It's good stuff. Thank you for listening. We, we, we've we've signed up. Thank you for listening. How many, how many times can I make that joke in, in, in one of our podcasts? You can make it every um, single time, James. Like, yeah. Look, I try not I, to go too much into the game there. To, just to, to be uh, honest, I kind of agree with you, Dan. I mean, I think um, touching on the goal and obviously the, the uh, Graham, you mentioned the kind of flashpoint between Zinchenko and Ben White and the frustration that, that brought it over. I think the thing, the reason why I think that probably was a thing is because the players must see what we see in that we're being targeted with the ball over the top of Zinchenko. And obviously the, the defence have worked hard to play a line to try and play offside um, or to keep the line intact. And obviously he's let that down. And you know that's going to be a tactic Liverpool are going to use. They're going to try and hit that diagonal to, to drop in behind Zinchenko. Nottingham, on, Nottingham on, Forest, you mean, James? No, no, no. I mean that Liverpool are going to try and Oh, I see. So, on, <laughs> right. On Sunday. Wow, okay, um, okay. And as I said, in the, this is this is the trap game because obviously it's a trap game because you're looking the game after the game that you've got in front of you, which is obviously, of course, Nottingham Forest. So to, to do that is really 
disappointed in Nottingham Forest, although you know are in a they're a weird team. Um, I I wouldn't have thought they were going to get relegated. They kind of they go through weak spells where they look like shit. They're going to get dragged right into it and go down. And they have others where they look like, well they've got enough about them to get out of it. One thing they had quite well, uh, well in in entrenched with with um, is it Simon Cooper? Steve Cooper, Steve, Steve Cooper. Cooper, yeah. Yeah, one of the things they had quite with Steve Cooper was obviously they were they're so pacey on the transitions, and I think in the first game um, at the Emirates, uh, first time game of the season, they uh, Alanga scored a really uh, strong breakaway goal. They were really quick on the break, and they their games where they've been successful, they've done that quite well. Obviously, Nuno's come in and made them a little bit more defensively sound, I suppose, and and that probably is reason why they parked the bus for the first 65, 70. Well, let's actually a bit right for the first 88 minutes until oh they got that, God, that, like... that scrappy goal. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that's probably something they've worked on. And obviously it is a concern that Zinchenko's done that. But yeah, I think Dan's right. I think it, it, it would be a bit more Saliba that was at fault. It, I wouldn't even blame him. I think it was one of those ones where a player can... It's that lucky touch where it was... Where it ricocheted behind him. If it's... Two yards closer to him, Saliba probably has got the pace to get the recovery and get a leg in. If it was two yards further forward, it rolls through to David Wright. It just it stuck at the right point, and then mm, yeah, you yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Had, the, had the turn, and it, you know, obviously got the finishing. But look, we it was frustrating because it made the last two or three minutes of of injury time more nervy than they needed to be. But I think generally, it was quite a good uh, patient performance. Um, Obviously, getting the two goals, um, bit of a helping hand, I think, from Matt Turner when you look back at the Gabriel Jesus opener. Yeah, through yeah. His, through the, uh, US I do love a nutmeg goal, man. What can you say? But, yeah, uh, and then Saka's yeah. finish was brilliant. And you know what? It's, oh, if, if nothing mate. else for those two, it quietens a little. We, you know, we've spoken on the pod before. Um, I'm sure all the fans in the pubs, bars, clubs, uh, around the ground, cafes, whatever, I've been talking about it. It's the talk of everybody. We need a striker. Our, our forward players aren't on form, etc., etc. And it just kind of, it moves us back in the right direction a bit because it seems like we're not going to do anything um, in the remaining day of the transfer window. So what we've got is what we've got till the end of the season. So to see them getting a little bit of form, um, look, as that famous Arsene quote said, wasn't it, that, you know, you uh, you build your form, you build your confidence by going up the stairs and you lose it coming down in the elevator. Well, we lost our form coming down the elevator over Christmas with those um, those three defeats out of four. Um, and now we're starting to build it back up and obviously Palace and, and now Forest. And then we've got the huge game against Liverpool on Sunday. So look, generally, I think last night I would, uh, to kind of cap my kind of recap, would be um, we've got a shit record at the city ground. So to to get and admittedly we haven't played them a huge amount of times in the last twenty years because they've been a division below, but it's still one of those things that plays into the psyche. Haven't got a great record there. We've lost a couple of times in recent seasons. It was a trap game. We could have taken her off the ball. We didn't. We got the three points. Two of our four players scored. No injuries, no dramas. We roll on. Yeah, I mean that's a pretty fair recap there. Um what I would say is obviously there's all this talk about us needing a striker. Um, and I think Gabby Jesus showed in that game how good he is and how mm. bad he can be. Like, in a sense, bad of just 
missing clear-cut chances. That chance he had where he hit the post was just... Mm. It, it summed him up. He scored the most difficult from the most difficult of angles <laughs> and yet yeah. couldn't score from three yards out. It didn't make any sense. I mean, his overall game was really good. And, I, you know, I still think he should be our number nine. I, I think without him, we do not win that game yesterday. Um, oh, yeah, think, quite right. Yeah. Um, and so he's really important to the team. But if we had another option, that would be ideal too. But yeah, as I said, if we're going to win the league, do we need someone more clinical? I see the argument, but for what he brings to the team and, you know, you saw in the second goal, the pass through to Saka, that's what we want. We want him linking with the wingers. And, um, it's a beautiful pass. So, yes, yeah, yeah. so I think he, he showed that. So we're going to have to stick with him. The transfer window is pretty much closed now. So, Ah, oh, the transfer window. And so <laughs> we've done nothing, which I think we all said we weren't going to do anything and I mean Cedric might be going to Galatasaray I mean that's apparently that's still on the cards Woo-hoo. um <laughs> hey, hey. Woohoo. or not yeah. I don't know well no before we kind of get into the the, the transfer anything I think yeah I'd, I'd echo some of your comments about Gabriel Jesus I mean I think I don't think anyone has ever doubted his quality as a player no um, certainly not on this podcast we haven't um and I think everyone's happy to have him in the team. It's, I think the thing is where it probably gets the, the frustration highlights is like you say, he's he's always been a little bit um, wasteful in front of goal. I mean, his, his output generally is about 15 goals a season. He's not in the 20, 25 goal a season bracket, um, which means it puts a little bit of pressure on obviously Saka, Martinelli and Erdegaard, the rest of the team to chip in. And where their goals have dried up a bit, the focus is probably on, well, you're centre forward, you should be the one banging him in um yeah it's it's i think look certainly if we're going to do anything in the league season if we're going to challenge for the title um or to stay in the race for as long as we possibly can and put pressure on and, and you know all being well over hall city then we need him to be absolutely fit and firing so yeah um i think I mean, more than anything else i think he's the type of player and this is sounds so weird to say i think a lot of strikers are are, are confident creatures of confidence and they need goals to, to boost their confidence whereas i think with him he has to play well and i think yesterday i would look at his overall game and say he played well so yeah. for me i'm 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 happy with that and i think going into what is like you said a huge game on sunday against liverpool and then for the rest of the season him on form bringing other players in you know pressing from the front making things happen um that that to me is is what we want from him. I almost I almost in a weird way I don't actually look at him as our main source of goals. I look at Martinelli, Saka and Odegaard. Yeah. Um and potentially yeah, Havertz yeah, yeah. as our sense of goals. I look at him as very much like a creator. It's almost like how yeah. we used to look at and I'm not putting him in the same bracket listener. Don't shoot me down before I say it. <laughs> I'm the biggest fan of the man I'm about to mention. Oh, don't do it. <laughs> but almost in the Dennis Burkham. Oh, he went there. Of, of being a foil, yeah, as yeah, opposed yeah. to being the main goal scorer. I do, I do kind of see where you're coming from in that regard. Yeah, obviously it's different because football is, is we most teams everyone plays four three three now, not mm. four four two or like two up front. Yeah, one with the number ten behind. But yeah, I, I see Gabriel Jesus as that foil. I think I mentioned before on the podcast, and we we I'm sure we've lots of people have spoken about, but the similarities with Roberto Firmino. Mm. We're just lacking our salad, aren't we? We're just. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. 
But you know, Victor Osherman, 120 million plus worth mm. of striker, has eight goals and three assists this season. And Gabriel Jesus has eight goals and five assists this season. So, <laughs> yeah. Statman uh, Dan, let's go. I know, exactly. yeah, I'm <laughs> not a massive fan, but I just thought, I'd, you know, cheeky little stat there. That's just interesting. No, no, I like it, man. I like it. It's yeah. interesting. I mean, um, obviously, his goals fired Napoli to the title last year, and of yeah, course. he's obviously had a bad season this year. Um, yeah. I don't know that he's the uh, one. I mean, even I noticed even Tony scored tonight at, um, at the toilet bowl, two yeah. in uh, two in two. Mm. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it, it'd be good to have a different option because I think people and look, we're going down this road again. But everyone's kind of made up their mind that Eddie Nketiah is like, he's a decent backup to have, but he's not pushing the envelope to be a starter, is he? No. If like, no, one, no one's calling starts. for Eddie Nketiah to start on Sunday. No. No, no not way, at buddy. all. Ain't no way, buddy. No. You know, There's and no he's way. a decent player and look, he's come through the ranks and he's scored goals. And I think he's got goals in him at Premier League level. Clearly, he's, he's proven that. But as I said, no one wants him to start one of the big games. And that says it all, really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Question, guys. We've all been crying out for Smith Rowe to start, and he yeah, did. And he, he did. did. He did. He absolutely did. And in the left eight think? as well. In yeah. the left eight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what did you guys think of his performance? Out of curiosity, I I thought he was good. I must say there were points because I knew he was on. Because I knew he was playing. There were certain points in the game, and I was like, "Where is he?" You know, I'm like, where is he? Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't say he was, I wouldn't quite say he was anonymous, but mm. I must admit, I kind of know where Graham is coming from because it wasn't the Smith throw that I'm used to seeing. In that, I thought that we'd get the Smith throw that would get the ball on the half turn, drive forward a little bit, take it past someone because he carries with the ball, he dribbles with the ball so well, yeah, progresses up the pitch. And it wasn't that, I think he played quite safe. Um, there was probably more progressive passes. It would be actually really interesting to see the stats and listener, we're not going to trawl for them and drag them up. You can listen to other podcasts for that kind of stuff. But <laughs> I, I would imagine that... We don't do passes, maths. Come I on. progressive passes <laughs> was quite high. Um, he looked... I, what I would say, I suppose if I was going to kind of... Of the players that we've played in that left eight this season, so it would be uh, Havertz, obviously, mm. Trossard, Smith-Rowe, um, Declan Rice has played in there. Um, I'm missing anybody else. I think it's just those four. No, I think that's it. Yeah, I think there's those four. Um, I I wouldn't put Smith Rowe near the bottom of that. I think he looked more comfortable there than Trossard did. I think mm. Trossard's a forward, whereas Smith Rowe yeah, yeah. I think used to be a forward. Um, but I could see, I, I could see it. I could see, I could see glimpses. But look, it's it's his first start in a year. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think, I think that's why we kind of give it. But like, if I'm honest, he didn't do anything better or worse than Havertz. Yeah, and it was. I think it was pretty much the same, right? And it is Smith Rowe's first start, and he mm. has been out for a while, so we're happy to give him that leeway. But it is just funny how. The different reactions of if Havertz are putting that performance, the oh mate, a hundred feeling towards that performance would be a bit more negative if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Oh, dude, but that's absolutely. just a section yeah, of a player. No, no, but I absolutely. Know, I, I like, do think yeah. though. I do think. I mean, certainly, obviously, that the three of us we all went to the Community Shield game. 
Um, and I know Havertz nominally started as a false nine in mm. that game. Um, I went to the the, game, the Forest home game um, earlier in the season. I think there's been a few games this season where people have been really willing Kai Havertz to do well. The Bournemouth game where his sort of song came to fruition. I think it's only, <laughs> I would only say it's probably from the Villa game um, or maybe even that Newcastle, that, that Newcastle game we suffered our first defeat where people have kind of been really critical of Kai Havertz in terms of his output. But I think people have been really wanting him to do well. Um, with with Smith Rowe, I think is frustration because he just not had the minutes, and they you know there's a player there, and there's been rumor about potentially selling him. Obviously, West Ham have been 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 mooted. Um, I think well, there's with, there's 24 hours to go, James. Well is, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just well, I don't think that anything's going to happen there. No, I, I don't with, think with, so. With Smith Rowe, I mean, look, he's a player who he carries the ball so well. As I said earlier on, he he progresses really well. He's um, He's one of our own. He's he's a creative up, but he's a goal. He has been a goal scorer for us. Mm. Um, if you know, I kind of look at him and think, well, he could be. Could he potentially be that guy who comes into the team and gets, you know, seven or eight goal contributions, be it goals and assists, before the end of the season, and that could be the difference to to tip us over the edge, you know, or get us closer to where we want to be. Um, so I look at him as just another. I, I look at it as just another great option to have because I feel like what we've had so far has been a bit clunky. I think to me, still, option number one is Declan Rice and Thomas Partey in a double pivot. I think option number two is Jorginho and Declan Rice in a double pivot. That for me, um, and then option number three would be either Smith Rowe or Havertz in a in an F day. I would like I've said before, I, you know, I've been very vocal. I'd like to see Zinchenko in it. He's not going to do it mid season, particularly with our lack of options at fullback. Um unless obviously Tommy Asu comes back and has a long run injury free uh, when he gets back from the Asia Cup. And um, you know, if 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 the miracle does happen and Yuri and Timber can can have a um an impact this season, then it might be something that you you might want to put Sinchenko into midfield but no I think it's just a really good option to have and that's one of the things we, we look at our squad and Mikel was saying alluding to the transfer window he said that you know um, our squad is really thin and I don't know if he means on numbers or in terms of quality and maybe that's an interesting discussion that we can have because obviously we're not going to do anything we're not going to do anything in the transfer window um, and I know no I mean, it's a club yeah and 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 obviously you're a little bit um dictated by sales and it seems that everyone's so scared about these profitability and sustainability uh, profit sustainability rules um everyone's a bit hamstrung by that but um yeah I, I i definitely think if money uh wasn't the concern or those ffp rules because then i think we would have done something in in january for sure um yeah uh, i think we're in a good position now where we have some sellable assets and that's what we're going to need to do if we're going to progress next season. Um, I, I see Ramsdale as a sellable asset. I see if Smith Rowe doesn't kick on like we hope he does as a sellable asset. I mean, that's horrible to say we love Smith Rowe yeah. and all of that stuff, but you know, well, you know, Smith Rowe, Smith, Smith, Rowe, Smith Rowe could kick the ball in his own net and everyone would be like, Oh, we love you, mate. Wow. <laughs> oh wow. Um but yeah, as you say, the, the Kai Havertz thing, I don't see it happening, but mm. I think 
if a significant bid came in for him in the summer, which I doubt. I I, I don't think any of us would be opposed to it. This what, is not... Kai, was that? Yeah. Mm. Which, to be fair, look, you're right yeah. in the sense of... It's a bold call. Arsenal fans, are they want him to do well. That's not what I was saying. I just found it... I just find it interesting the the level of... Um, criticism or you know the, the like, view of it's like the vitri- view- it's vitriol isn't it the view of yeah. his basically gets a pass yeah. yeah yeah um in a sense i and those and there are factors of course it's a quite a simplistic view of saying oh smith and havertz play the exact same way but get uh you know talked about differently which is very simplistic and there's factors to that 65 million for kai havertz uh he's played the whole season you know, and he and we bought him from Chelsea, so there's that yeah, too. Yeah, but, so, so I do get it, but I just yeah, find yeah. it interesting that Smith Rowe, bearing in mind, didn't have a bad game by any stretch, but he didn't have a great game either, in a sense of you know, he mm. didn't really do much. He said he was quite anonymous at times and played it safe, which is pretty much what Havertz does on a weekly basis. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Um, so, but I'm know. hoping Smith with more minutes, Smith Rowe will pick up the pace and you'll see that great dribbling and because you saw it in glimpses right whenever mm. he picked up the ball and ran with it i was like that's what we need not yeah, to yeah, yeah. passing it to the side that's true right. that's true so it's just too safe would uh, you would you start him against um against liverpool smith row yeah no <laughs> <laughs> there we go so well, <laughs> James, would you start Smith Rowe against Liverpool? Um, I wouldn't have a problem with starting him myself, but I'm not the mm. manager. But I, Mikel is not going to start him. If that's no. if the question is what <laughs> if, if the question is what I'm going to do. If you were would, manager do, of Arsenal, I would, would you things, start him? Like, I yeah. would probably do things a bit differently. I fully expect Kai Havertz to start. To be honest, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that might be the right thing to do because I, I what, what I expect what will happen is Kai Havertz will be very much like the. Uh, the games against City United at home, where Kai Havertz will be pushed forward to be to go and win aerial balls because where Liverpool press high, I expect us to go long, particularly with David Raya. Yeah. Um, and Kai Havertz will be the target point. That's what I expect, and that he'll almost that wasn't play the question closer to Gabriel Jesus. So, um, based on that, yeah, do? I would start. I would start Kai. Based on that, I would start Kai Havertz. Yeah, okay. for sure. It yeah. would either be for me. It would either be like I just alludes to earlier on it would either be to play uh the usual midfield three so rice Havertz, and Erdegaard or it'd be uh Jorginho Rice and Erdegaard. Um okay yeah, I no, think I about it in that. terms of keeping the ball, keeping possession. But it, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I can see that. I, I like the fact that Smith Rowe is now a viable option. I think in the past I've said mm. before on here I was really frustrated he didn't get on against West Ham earlier on. Um I was frustrated that he didn't um, have more of a contribution against Fulham and, and, you know, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I think we've got to use, I think we need to use the squad more to mix things up, just to freshen it up a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I know that well, as long as you have player and a bit. I feel like mm. when, when we, when Nikel said the squad was thin, I feel like he's referring to quality because, you know, he has got the numbers I think are there, but obviously he doesn't, you know, a few of us, we've been calling for Smith Rowe to, to get more minutes and, Reese Nelson to get a few more minutes and and uh, so on and so forth. But the reason obviously they don't is because perhaps Mikel has a question mark over their quality or ability. 
I think so. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's broadly right. Um, that's the thing I found so funny about this. Um, slightly pivot here, but like it's the thing I sound I found so funny about the the uh, the thing that came out on Sunday night. Obviously designed to what thing was that? Destroy the brain of destroy the brains of every single Arsenal fan, which is like the 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 piece of fake news about Mikel going to um going to Barcelona. Barcelona. Or, Barcelona or it being or at least it being discussed and I immediately knew it was it wasn't true I mean like the guy spent you know let's you know he's been at the club for what four years now but he's spent at least the last two years like building up the team he wants like why would he go to Barcelona who are in total disarray Yeah, I mean, maybe there's uh, you a know bit of an emotional it's attachment um there. Um, I don't know, but I don't know uh, I I feel like that I feel like that's it a bit doesn't over I feel like that's seem a bit overstated is uh Mikel's supposed sort of emotional attachment to Barcelona. I really feel that's that's quite overstated. yeah. I mean, I heard on one of the Like other um podcasts someone made a point um that if you take the Barcelona job now, it's it's not like the prime Barcelona job you're taking. Like they're not even playing in the new camp. Like No, you're you would be. imagine if you if you take this Barcelona job, you could be sacked without managing a game in the new camp, without having, you know, a great squad at your disposal. And do you know what Yeah. I mean? Like Barcelona, I think throughout our lifetime, they've always had Mm. and the amount of world player of the years they've had is a record or something like that. They've had so many Yeah, like yeah, yeah, of course, elite names of course. run through that club. Mm. And then and obviously that the iconic stadium and so forth like that. And then to think Yeah. that you know, you've got a chance of You're taking over from a club legend in Xavi anyway, who's much more of a legend than Arteta would be Oh, from 100%. <laughs> of a Barcelona point of view. God, And of then, course. Yeah, yeah, you know, just... you take over from someone like him, you haven't really got a star-studded squad. You're playing in an Olympic stadium. mm. You know, you've got no money to spend. Yeah. It's You're up against it. You're It would really seem up against like it. So, such a... It yeah, would... it would seem It, so strange it to walk would... away from Arsenal at that point to go to, to Barcelona Yeah. now. It would be ridiculous. It would really genuinely be ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, everything I can't can change. see... Obviously, in the future, things might be a bit Mm. different. And you know what? Maybe a few of us might have question mark over Mikel. I don't have a question mark over him. Do any of you? No, no, not at all. I, I, no, No. I don't have a question mark over him. I, you know, I think he is absolutely 100% the right manager for Arsenal Football Club. And I think he, even if we finish third this season, which is very likely... You know, I mean, it's equally likely that we finish second or that we finish Yeah. first. We're actually really well positioned. The league is is quite tight uh, at the moment. It But is a wee bit. if Yeah, we if yeah. we finish third, if we, I mean, look, barring we don't get as long as we don't get humiliated in the round of sixteen against Porto, I think if we have another Champions League qualification season, um, I think Mikel's done all right. I mean, look, we we challenged for the league last season. or we put the pressure on for the league last season when no one expected us to, when, when the aim was to come fourth and, and we, we easily got Yeah, in the Champions yeah. Mm. League. You've seen from Newcastle, Always Man expectation, United. isn't it? Yeah. You've So, seen from like you know, Newcastle um, and Man United, how difficult they found it this season. I think for us, if we could, if we can maintain Champions League status, um, you know, the squads are not a year older. We've got opportunity as I said to do some business in the summer. It absolutely. He's the right, the right person to carry on. Um, I just mean when I say that, you know, in a couple of years time, if, 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 if we have another spend like we had last summer and we're no closer to winning the league again and the progress kind of like, it, 
it's a little bit harder to see. And, you know, we spoke, we've spoken extensively about, you know, squinting to see upgrade with David Raya over Aaron Ramsdale. If, if, if decisions like that are, that are made with the squad building and the process, and it doesn't feel like the, the progress of the team is really in your face, like it was last season or the season before, and we're not winning anything, I can hear the murmurs of discontent will start because that's just the nature of what it's like at a club like Arsenal. So moving on, uh, should we talk about the Liverpool game? You guys looking forward to it? Yes, I think, look, as we said, obviously navigated the uh, the trap game that was not in a forest. And look, let's be honest, we when we um, came out of that Christmas period um, and we knew we had to get our form back on track, we I think majority of fans would have thought that it was a given that we'd beat Alice and Forrest. And thankfully, we've done that and we started to rebuild a bit of confidence. But I think all eyes were going to be on this game against Liverpool, particularly after um, the FA Cup defeat. And I think, you know, would would fans swap the FA Cup defeat for a win on Sunday, probably before the time? No, because I think you want to win every game you're playing. But I think absolutely, yes, we would. Um, mm. And if we come out of that with a win, I think things will feel a hell of a lot rosier. Um, and we'll be we'll be back really, really in the thick of the title race. Um, obviously, though, of course, things are uh, in doubt. Liverpool have just come off a 4-1 win tonight over Chelsea, and um, mm. it's the Klopp farewell tour. So, you know, of course, we've all got to bow oh, down and, uh, Klopp and, farewell um, and uh, get, get, get uh, our asses handed to us on Sunday, right? <laughs> oh, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of all this Jurgen Klopp bollocks. It, it's, honestly, it's like he died. <laughs> like there's actual people crying about it's, it's like he died and so I'm fed yeah. up with all of this remembrance for Klopp he's mm. still here still managing um, he will be a miss to the Premier League but good riddance mate hopefully Liverpool go down <laughs> so there we go um, in yeah. terms of the Liverpool game um, must win must win um, for me, this game is pivotal to our season. If if we don't win, I can't see us making up the ground on Liverpool. Mm. Um, we sure. need to win. Nothing but a win, and um, that's a lot of pressure. But I'm I'm confident. I, I am confident. Uh, the FA Cup game, I think we showed a lot, um, and should have been three or four up in that first half. I feel like if we attack the game like we did in the FA Cup, we should do okay. Um, yeah, Salah's Salah is out for that game as well. By the way, yeah, he was so out, for the, he was out for the FA Cup. Oh yeah, yeah. good shout. Um, I wouldn't be at all surprised if he played. By the way, <laughs> he's gonna show up. Yeah, with some, I, with some just, new with some new robot legs. I mean, they know it's a it's yeah. a huge it's a huge game for him. I mean, like, yeah. I echo what you say, Dan. I think I think I mean you absolutely right. It is a must win game, and you know, I was just as you were saying that I was I was just thinking as you were you were saying your your bit just then, what we spoke about in the in um, the previous pod about the atmosphere in the ground and you know that kind of thing. And I do think this is a game where the atmosphere has to be absolutely electric. It should be because it is an absolutely mammoth game. Um, well, you'll it's be there. Probably, yeah, yeah, I will be there. I think it, it probably is on paper our biggest league game, home game for the rest of the season now. Yeah, um, yeah, that sounds about and, right. And I think yep. you know, I, I, um, I think, and obviously that 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 
um, doesn't take into consideration what hopefully will happen in the Champions League. But um, yeah, I think it's an absolutely huge game. We have to win. I think if we do win, I think we're, we are right back in the mix. Obviously, if we lose, I think that's that's our title race all but run, unfortunately. And it'd be all wise to just get him back into automatic Champions League qualification, which, you know, I don't think would be a huge disaster of a season if we if we um, get back into the Champions League. I think that's what we've got to do. We've got to get that consistency back in, into us as a club. But yeah, look, we we uh, we don't want to be just making up numbers in the Champions League or getting in the Champions League. We want to be challenging for the title and, and moving it forward. And I really, really think, you know, we've come off the back of two wins. Obviously, Liverpool are in good form. They, they As they said, they won tonight. But um, And they're a little bit buoyed maybe by this... Um, the clock farewell stuff, like you said. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it's a huge, huge game. I think it's sort of it's sort of the opposite of new manager bounds. It's like it really is. Yeah, manager, manager, manager leaving bounds. That's a. I was thinking this the other day. Actually, I don't think there's any <laughs> other club. I don't think there's any other club that could announce their manager was le- or could say their manager was leaving, and uh, the team would get behind them. I think most people just sort of like down tools, don't they? Oh, yeah, no, of course. Off, yeah. Well, I suppose they um, are top of the league, though, James. So yeah, yeah. they are, and look, he's yeah. been great for them and all that. And like Dan said, it, it feels like someone died. I mean, I was listening to Talksport, driving somewhere when when the news came through, and there was people ringing up in tears. And you know, I mean, he's just a football manager. I mean, I know Liverpool have great connection to their managers, and you know, when when Arsenal yeah. left us, it was um, announced he was going. It was it was a bit of a um, you know a bit of a, an emotional wrench because of the tie and stuff. But yeah. they were that, crying. That, it, they it, are embarrassing. Embarrassing, guys. <laughs> embarrassing. embarrassing. It was, it's funny actually you say that. You've just reminded me. The famous, um, when I lose a jewel, I am upset, came from not in a Forest game, didn't it? It was, yeah. just, it was at the seat oh, ground in the FA Cup. you're right. Yeah, you're so, right. Um, we won the jewel. So I wonder if Mikel we went in. We won the jewel. I wonder if Mikel went in uh, and said, guys, when I win a duel, I am happy. I'm happy. <laughs> he was too busy yeah, yeah. separating Zinchenko <laughs> and Ben White from slapping each other silly. <laughs> Maybe he's in he was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna slap the fake time off your face, Ben. Thanks for listening to Whatever the Weather, another Arsenal podcast. If you didn't think we were talking absolute nonsense and want to hear more from us, you can follow us on social media at Twitter and Instagram at WTW1985 or simply search Whatever the Weather. <laughs>